the first step ever podcast and i am ishani nigam your host and producer of the podcast this podcast is made for all the disruptors around the globe who know that they are made for something for that one thing but fear of embarrassment fear of rejection the fear of fear itself holds us back at some point in time but hey those are the only milestones that if we cross we are there to take our first steps so welcome on this journey with me where i interview people from across the globe so that they can share their story their challenges and you know that even you can surpass yours well what are you waiting for let's get started welcome on my first step ever it's often said that if you want to learn more if you want to learn more about yourself It's always a good idea to learn a little more about people around you and travel. But what if you don't have the time or you don't have the you know luxury at this point in time? So, I bring in the amazing stories from across the world to you through my first step ever. And today we have someone extremely exciting because I think so far on my first step ever we had people from corporates who are entrepreneurs or you know the youth across the world but today we have someone who has been into been in government and been in more you know impacting people so for people who are interested in that aspect of the profession they might be interested to know how things work out behind the scenes of the people who are there you know standing strong and impacting the life of people so please join me in welcoming and loud round of applause to Di Dixon all the way from South Australia Hi, Dai. Welcome on my first step ever. Thanks, Ashani. Great to be here. I am very, very honored and happy for you to be here. And I think I'm just fumbling a bit today, a bit <laughs> too much, uh, but that's okay. I think that's how life is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we move ahead, I'd like to give a bit of background about you to our listeners today throughout the world who are the youth, the disruptors, but also some people who are starting the second innings. So, which is quite interesting. So Dai has worked in areas including major infrastructure project management, economic development, stakeholder management, strategy development, investment trade, you know, in both UK and Australia over the past 20 years. At present, Dai is currently the state of straight project lead for lot 14 in Adelaide in South Australia. And luckily, I also sort of work for a startup which is based in lot 14, so I really like what lot 14 is doing over here. Dai is responsible for managing the delivery, curation, and operations of the Seven H Innovation Cultural Neighborhood. Now, this involves management of precinct delivery, development of governance, operating models, and effectively engaging with stakeholders, curating innovation ecosystems through tenancy selection, targeting along with driving the range of collaboration activities. Now, that is a lot. <laughs> lot for me to take in lot for me to digest and even to understand does that really exist <laughs> so i'm going to kind of jump in right now dai and i'm going to ask you to take us back you know to the days when you were growing up because i mean no one who's growing up really thinks of you know kind mm. of doing these things whatever age that they are in because i think whatever you're doing right now involves a very major aspect of getting right people on board managing people understanding the psychology helping them and also impacting people being in such a position 
is a really big deal because you as a person need to be really, you know, sorted in your head or probably, you know, seen a journey, lived experiences that you're able to kind of help, you know, uplift people. So to understand what really goes behind being you, I like to kind of trace back a couple of steps, go into your childhood and kind of understand what what was the mindset that you were surrounded up, uh, surrounded with when you were growing up? Great question. And that was yeah, quite a daunting introduction to hear about myself as well. So um, yeah, and I suppose that kind of just described my life at this point in terms of ha- having such an eclectic mix of experiences that, to draw on where I am today. But yeah, I think my early childhood definitely uh, played into that. Very positive, supportive growing up uh, with a brother and a sister uh, and very positive parents who who wanted us to experience as much as we could. It was always a very collective, busy, hectic time. We were all into sports. We were all semi-high achievers and also moved around a lot during my childhood years. So changed schools a lot, went to two different universities. So I always seemed to have this kind of wandering, I suppose, attention span, but always wanting, always very action and outcome driven. And I think Probably my sister, my older sister really laid the ground for me. She was the first in our family to go to university, but equally growing up, she was very much a role model. She is the high achiever of in both the academic and sporting fields, but really pushed the boundaries. And I think for me to be able to see a female doing things that, that, that weren't done, particularly at that time, she, she ended up being a professional soccer player. She has been a, 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 professor, a professor within the university environment, but was always pushing the boundaries, sometimes not always for good, but I then learned from her <laughs> mistakes, shall we say. So I think that, and that's been maintained. So I, I think just having that real um, encouragement to always seek and find and aspire for more and be, be willing to challenge some of the boundaries as well. And then I think that just led into my... That, that's actually quite interesting because one thing that I can relate with completely over here is I have an elder sister as well and she's incredibly intelligent so I think she laid some foundation in my uh, uh, family as well at least in my you know generation I would say and I really like the fact when you mentioned about you know you, you had the opportunity to travel while you you were young and you you sort of used to push your boundaries and mostly in good ways and sometimes I mean you learn from that you mentioned at this point in time, when we are growing up, this is the most important stage of any person, you know, what they're surrounded with, what the associations they have, what they're told, what, you know, the, the names that they're given, it really impacts them when they grow up. So what would you like to kind of over here, uh, you know, um, share with our listeners that if for, you know, for some reason, if they are not in a very happy environment, growing environment, what's one kind of, you know, advice or one you know, thing that you can share with them, you know, that they can kind of come out of that situation if their childhood has not been a really good supportive environment? Great question. Um, I think it it really comes down to surrounding yourself with the right people. It really is that influence, that sort of takes a village kind of mentality for anyone's success story. It can't be done on your own. So I think for for people that maybe haven't had that, well, I would say it's an advantage because it's such a, a motivating upbringing. It's to look for your channels where you can find that. I know sport for me really was, team sport for me was really an outlet, which I think is accessible to, to, to most people in some capacity. And I think that just really grounds you, 
in terms of your role as part of a team, but it empowers you in knowing that what you do makes a difference. But it also means that sometimes things don't always go right and you can learn from, from things that don't. Um, so I think sport's a great a great enabler and an empower. And also just uh, if sport's not your thing, it's just finding that shared interest that you can have with other people and, and just surround yourself with positivity. Incredible. So the theme that I can, you know, kind of hear from what you're mentioning and which really works well is finding the right tribe, finding your kind of people mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, giving the fuel to your own talent and strengths, being among those people. So, hey, listeners, if if you're if you're here, you're listening to us right now, you know, I think Daya has shared something really, really interesting right now. If you're not feeling you're at the right place and if you're not feeling that, you know, things are moving in the right direction or have not been good in the past, it's time to take action and make that changes, you know. And I think one amazing example that Dai has given us today right now is find the right people that you can grow with. And sport is a really, really good mm-hmm. example, I think, uh, Dai, that you have mentioned. It is such a good way to kind of give us the thrill, the excitement in life. Mm-hmm. But teaches us the long, very interesting things about teamwork. Now, kind of moving from there, like while you were growing up and you've just shared that you, you traveled a bit, you were in different universities. In your university days, what kind, what were you doing at that point in time, and what were, who were you surrounded with, and yeah, what, what were you like back then? Leads on good segue from that last uh, conversation around sport. I actually uh, initially studied for um, sports uh, management and business studies, and so that was so I managed to surround myself with the right tribe around that, but also I did a couple of um, undergraduate degrees before going into the working, starting my working career. And I think that enabled me to get a mixture of, of, of experiences and people that I combined it then with a, a post-grad in marketing and comms. And I think just my pathway is continually sort of led me to how do how do we communicate better? Who are our stakeholders? How do we, we can never achieve anything on our own. We have to be able to really motivate others and bring them on a journey. And I think that was something that I just felt a quest for, that I had skills that were transferable and I didn't think I ever felt like I fitted in a particular box. I didn't ever say I want to be this when I grow up. I kind of just um, got on, got, jumped on the roller coaster, buckled up and went off on the ride and, and just has worked out very fortunately for me in terms of, yeah, meeting the right people, but also putting myself out of my comfort zone. So continually challenging myself. And I think that that applies to the sports example, but also in terms of just uh, the experiences both at university and in my early stages of my career and things like public speaking and doing things like this would never have crossed my mind that I would ever thrive on as well as enjoy. So I think those early stages where you you feel uncomfortable, but you feel better for it afterwards. Yeah, I think you've actually touched upon a very essential aspect and that you mentioned that you never ever put yourself in a box or labeled yourself, Mm. you know, I just want to do this. And you did not have the restriction of just going within one particular Mm. field. And it shows because you were championing in the sports uh, part of the life, you know, Mm. your, your industry, but then you took those transferable skills into a different profession. And I actually want to kind of sort of dig deep into this over here, try to understand how that happened for you. 
Reason being because a lot of people who listen to us, they are at a stage where probably they have had a bit of experience, but they don't know where else to kind of, you know, go ahead with how to kind of tap into the opportunities that is present now. So I think your journey of, you know, tapping into your transferable skills from sports to the comm side of thing and that you have kind of, you know, public speaking that you tried. How did that transition happen for you? Like, did you ever have that internal dialogue or how did you kind of navigate your way? from that to, you know, this that you have just mentioned? I don't think I ever had a, a well, not the right answer, but I don't think I ever really had a, a really clear plan. I just, it just came back to wanting to enjoy whatever I was doing and that I felt that that then increases my, obviously increases your passion and your ability to deliver then. So I was having, I was working in a combination back in the UK of um, uh, local government, but also um, some private enterprise as well. And I think just because I was, particularly from a government perspective, surrounded by people from a range of disciplines, that I was able to kind of morph my way into where I saw things that were interesting. So from that marketing and comms position I and my sports background and more of the sports development, sports management, I decided that, you know, I quite like the idea of delivering infrastructure projects. So I moved into sort of sports infrastructure delivery and funding through the, the sports lottery fund at the time over in the UK. And so that gave me this really great experience of delivering construction projects at a, at a, a lower level, but being able to really draw on just organisational skills and logical skills, so which led me down more of that project management pathway, which again, by default or, or by some strategic plan or other being, um, led me into that, you know, project management is so transferable and that's really what, what I suppose kind of catapulted me onto a journey of, well, I could actually lend my hand to anything and I'd started building up the support system around me and mentors and champions and strong networks that could actually then started coming to me saying, well, could would you, would you be interested in doing this? Or for me, actually knocking on doors saying, I know you're looking at this, but I think I could add some value to that and just trying to find your way through things. But I, And I think that's, and that only comes with confidence, but also with passion and wanting to do the right thing. That's, yeah, I think I'm going to ask a question over here because I, I really like the fact that you were able to see through things, go with the flow, but take actions. Mm -hmm. That's what you did. And you kept, going on a go but this is a phase for a lot of unlisters you know maybe in the early 20s or late 20s where you do get stuck and you do get have this you know feeling what am I doing what I want to do with my life I have no idea you know you do have that dip or that, that mm. moment in your life from your experience if you had one or if you know in general if you are able to kind of give our listeners a bit of uh, advice again over here you know that if they are in a situation where they know, don't know how to kind of, you know, go past that dip that they have just recently faced in their, you know, early career days. Mm -hmm. That how, how do you make sense of things? Because it's so important to understand yourself and then able to kind of, you know, get people on board. So how, how would you kind of yeah, help them with that kind of mindset that they have right now? I think it's it's taking a breath. So taking a step back and just actually it's all right to feel like that, I think is the first thing. And anyone who doesn't feel like that is obviously comfortable in where they are, but probably <laughs> unlikely, you know, to, to keep seeking. Uh, and that's not for everybody. Some people do uh, are quite comfortable where, where they are and seeing where life takes them. But I think if people are feeling driven and, and they know they've got passion and they could be doing more, it, it's, it's taking a step back, 
um, and that for me that was a year a year of travel I took a year from my role in London and traveled the world which is what led me to Australia um, oh, wow. two years after returning and knowing that that's where I felt my future lay so but that doesn't have to be that extreme other people <laughs> you know can maybe just take a break have conversations with people maybe outside of your your environment to really dig into what it is that drives you what is it that gives you a passion gives you joy in your life and actually it's going to make you feel like you've, you've given something to the world and I think for me I would that's where seeking out mentors or even just champions who who are willing to just have a conversation and, and when you find a couple of mentors that really fit with you you can really start then planning out a bit of a journey or what are those drivers and then putting yourself in situations where you're going to cross paths with people who are, who think in a similar way or who are going to challenge you as well into thinking in a different way but trying to get to the crux of what it is you want to achieve in life and, and how that's best best laid out for you that that's a great advice to kind of pause take a step back reflect and mm -hmm. then move forward wow this is amazing so Dai, now that you were in this phase where you were, you know, kind of going ahead with your, your profession, your life, and I, I think this was a time when you started kind of bringing people on board. Mm -hmm. And this, which I feel is the most important aspect of any profession mm -hmm. that you're in, because work gets done, but it's the people that, you yes. know, you sort of really kind of interact with, understand them, communicate and get things going. How was that experience for you at the very beginning? Because we are discussing about what goes behind the first steps of, you know, the amazing career that someone builds for themselves. So we'd really like to know, how was your initial experience of getting people on board? And was that something great learning that you had that you'd like to share with our listeners? Or what was it amazing experience that you'd like to share with us? And I think um, now... Um, further advanced in my leadership journey for me it's always been about the people it's always been about the team you always want to be getting people who are far smarter than you more skilled than you around you um, as a leader you don't need to know everything and I think that's where a lot of times teams can fail because leaders think they need to have all the information and they need to have all of the detail and be able to to talk in front of everyone about everything for me it's always about bringing people on a journey People are there for their skill set and they should be respected for that, but also empowered. So I'm very much uh, around empowering team, team people so they know what they're, they're very clear. They've got clarity of their role. They've got my support and then they, however they want to deliver on that, that's their, their thing because everyone has a different way of doing things. And if that, if they're delivering outcomes, then no one should be questioning that. A leader should always be there. To, to support and be a sounding board and provide advice and help shape and guide because there will always be aspects that you have exposure to that not everyone in your team is going to fully appreciate. Um, for me, I think, uh, particularly in my early years working in construction um, and being usually the only woman in a room full of men really helped shape uh, uh, my confidence around that and also seeing how some bad behaviours were never addressed and then that kind of Although you, you've got to wait, your confidence kind of builds up, builds up in that space to question things. I think for me, that really shifted my understanding of leadership. And it wasn't necessarily about it's the person who's in charge, who's been there the longest, who has just, you know, kind of found themselves up there. That doesn't make a good leader. Um, a leader truly is someone who's authentic. They're honest. They're all 
something I pride myself in is I, I won't hide things from any of my team. Um, I'll protect them when I have to because that's that's part of a leader as well. But it's about that that empowerment, and then others respond to honesty and integrity. And quite often, my team, a lot of my team would say uh, at various stages of my life, "How do we know this is the right thing to do?" And I always say, "If you're doing it with integrity." then it's the right thing to do. It may not succeed, but at least then you know you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. So I think that's what I always try to instill in others and and demonstrate myself. Wow, I think that's going to be my greatest takeaway from today's episode, that how do I know if I'm doing something right, which is that if you're doing with integrity, Mm. whatever it leads to at least you're in the right direction wow that was amazing Ty. thank you so much for kind of sharing that last bit of it and from what uh, you've mentioned so far if I can break it down for my listeners today I mean if you are someone who's looking out for job as Dai just mentioned you know you don't really need to know everything so mm. even if you're sort of you know going out applying for a job and you see a couple lot of responsibilities and you know requirements it's not necessary that you know everything but you kind of need to have that attitude you need to know basics but always give that a go get going on and similarly like if you want to kind of you know start your own business that's how you bring more people who have varied skills from you that you know that you don't possess but the leadership vision is something that really binds people together so yeah that's that's incredible i i think it's been really amazing to understand your mindset and how things have you know transformed in your life uh, professionally and i think from what I can understand, it stems from the fact that you've always been a team player, a sports mm. person, and that has trickled down somewhere yeah. from where you're right now. And it's a great message if I could, you know, kind of emphasize and give it out there for people who are listening to us that team, being a team player counts really, really well. And even for a long run, because if you want to impact many people, you can't do that alone. That's that's great. So just a couple, I think the last question I'd like to ask you over here is now that you are in Adelaide, South Australia, you're the project lead of Lot 14 in Adelaide, which is doing amazing things for, you know, startups, innovation and education sector and a lot more. But what is one thing that you feel at this point in time that, you know, we as community should be you know really working towards what's the kind of mindset that we should be we should or maybe it's it's good to have that kind of a mindset to you know look forward and keep moving forward and that fuels you going mm. forward I think I'm, I'm fortunate now to work in I said when someone says what industry do you work in I mean I could list a whole load of things place making curation connecting yeah. facilitating but I suppose in essence it's innovation and I think that's where I really feel over the last particularly the last decade in Australia, both in Queensland and now in South Australia, I've just had that real ability to not only be able to draw strength and energy from a range of innovators and entrepreneurs, and as you know, here at Lot 14, you can actually feel the energy. It's collective collaboration. People are really driven. And I think for me, a lot of the takeaways from that is about being truly innovative. Anything is possible. If anyone tells you otherwise, then that should be a bigger driver to prove them wrong and to find out how, how you can deliver on things. And I think also in this this sort of industry and environment, it's, it's that always learning. Like there's things 
before I came to Adelaide that I would not have thought for a moment I would be leading on. And I so it's, so it's not to be afraid. It's it goes back to those transferable skills, but it's also about being confident to, or not feeling that you can't ask questions and believe in yourself and that there really is, I know we always hear it a lot, that, that, that there's no silly question, but there really isn't because everyone has a different answer. It's always subjective. So I think it's that always learning mentality approach to things and I think for me the big thing is about being fearless it's okay to fail and I think that again I can draw in this innovation entrepreneurial ecosystem that I work in across the South Australian state is that it, it is okay to fail and we should celebrate failure as we celebrate success and it's always a learning process and it, it, in other countries like Israel that is the, the premise of them generating human capital and supporting their, their their economy and their skilled workforce so I think there's a lot to to be taken away from just that approach that any general innovator would have, but applying it into your, to your workplace and your career aspirations as well. Yeah, that, that really sounds something that, you know, having that kind of a mindset at any level for any professional mm -hmm. would actually make a lot of difference when we see it on a collective level. So it is amazing to hear you die and I'm so happy that you're here. And I think that sort of wraps up the, the session today in a very nice way because I was about to ask you something and you've already mentioned it. It's something about failure. Everyone goes through failures and that mm. is the most beautiful stepping stone or the situation that we face. Just before we take your leave, are you able to share one such experience, one the most amazing challenging experience that you had and if you'd like to share with our listeners that what you learned out of it about yourself or maybe the life or profession in general. I think it's probably around the curation of an innovation district and just being you are we know what we want to achieve and we know the sort of people we want to attract but what are the components of actually creating an environment that's going to be engaging, um, culturally sensitive, particularly here in Australia, um, and also uh, engaging but agile enough that after we're all gone that it's still a, a strong innovation district and I think you could fail quite easily um, which probably in the early stages uh, of trying to create these sort of environments you rush in you want to lock in particular tenants you want to activate spaces and I think from that I've really learned now to apply here in Adelaide that time is important and you have to make the right decisions for long-term success and it's not just and I think that's where a lot of my influencing and advocacy um, within a government environment is really critical it's not just about land activation it's about place making it's about creating something that people, where, where people want to be and they're going to be able to grow and be inspired um, and that's not always the quick fix sometimes you have to be patient patience is not my virtue I always want things to happen quickly. Um, and so I think that that's, that was very much my takeaway from a lot of my journey is around getting it right and being confident in yourself that you can get it right and taking the time. Wow, I love how genuine and candid you have been today. I like the fact that you mentioned patience is a very, very important aspect. And the other thing is being confident in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We never really know what way, you know, our decisions might go, but that's the only way going forward is to be confident and do it. So thank you so much, Dai, for leaving us with such incredible insights about life, about profession, about keep moving forward. I think that's a theme that I have yeah. sort of, you know, seen in your journey. Just keep moving forward with the learnings that you have. And 
Thank you so much. And before you we take your leave, I always request my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a thought or a saying that they really resonate with. Well, this probably won't surprise you after that conversation, but uh, a quote I really love is, is the, you're, you're braver than you believe, you're stronger than you seem, and you're smarter than you think. This is actually one of my favorite quotes, and I, I'm so happy that we are able to kind of, you know, share this again with people over here, mm-hmm. and you have really shown us that thing. And I think if you can imbibe the things that you believe in, that really helps you go forward even further in life so thank you so much Dai, for being on my first step ever it was such a pleasure to have you to chat with you to have this candid uh chat of your entire journey and understand the little die from who you are amazing <laughs> strong empowering woman that you are today and everyone who's listening to us if you're interested to know a bit more about die i will definitely leave a link in the show notes just go have fun explore and until next time as i always say start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself Thanks, Ashana. If you're still glued together on this episode, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And if you really want to hear more such stories from around the globe, then subscribe to my First Step Ever podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, whichever platform you prefer. Please do give ratings and please do write your comments. And you can directly reach out to me on my First Step Ever. underscore i n that's my instagram handle a little about myself i have always loved performing on stage acting speaking and just emoting myself so i use these medium different ways so that i can connect with people help them empower them entertain them which is to inform them and entertain them if you would like to collaborate for any opportunities more than welcome to connect with me on my instagram handle thank you Thank you.